The Sports Career Podcast, episode 281, How to Safeguard the Sports Industry. Hello Sports Achiever and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports Career Podcast. I'm your host Ed Bowers. As always, my goal each week is to provide you a special guest in a particular sector in the sports industry, especially if you have an interest in pursuing a career in esports. I hope today's episode can be useful to you with regards to your sports career development, interests and needs. Now, getting back to today's episode, this week's podcast special guest is Raphael Torti. Raphael is an esports professional where he mentors elite esports players and also is the business developer at esports tips which is a platform to support elite performers in esports but also parents with regards to the knowledge and understanding of the esports industry so for that reason it's such a pleasure to have Raphael as a special guest on the show and that's when today's episode Raphael will share his sports career journey and explain to you the importance of safeguarding the sports industry. Raphael, it's such a joy to have you on the podcast show. Please you share to listeners your sports slash gaming sports career journey. When did it all start? Thanks for having me here. Um, so um, me, it started really young um, because I've done a lot of sports when, uh, when I was young and still today. And my, my, I mean, my sports career journey is like, about competition, you know, I have done a lot of uh, regional or national uh, championship, like for football, volleyball and golf. So which means that, I mean, I'm used to the competition, you know, it was always a part of my life and uh, a part of my DNA. Even when I was like uh, seven, eight, until like I was like 20, like, of course it was um, amateur, but uh, I mean, it's all about competition, you know, for, for every sport. Just touching on the golf, because I remember from our first WhatsApp call, you said you started it when you were six. So share to listeners your golfing journey, because I bet you, and we're going to talk about the gaming side of your interest here, but I bet you, and this is something I've learned with golf, it's all about the mindset. So I'd love your thoughts of your growth, like competition aspect of golf, but particularly from a mindset perspective, because really quickly, it's a long format game, which are like games in esports, they can be quite long. A round of golf could be average three to four hours or depending who you're playing with, of course. But I love your thoughts on your golf aspect of your childhood and how has that supported you now from a competition standpoint? At the beginning, it was purely fun. You know, when you're like 5'10", it's just fun until maybe 11. I mean, it's fun, but, you know, you like the competition. But I mean, it was all about the fun. After it was kind of complicated because all the... The person that uh, was following me, I mean, the coach and stuff like this, the relationship was really bad between uh, them and me. Uh, so my relationship to the sports, to the competition was uh, not healthy. I mean, my goal was to be perfect. But when you're young, it's not the, the case. I mean, you, you cannot be perfect because you're young. You're not perfect. You still have to learn to learn. And as you said, it's like it can be four, four hours, five hours competition. So which means for your mindset is, is really tough. 
So the thing is for the golf has been really strange for me because for me, it's the best sports ever because it's not you against someone else. Of course, if you're doing match play, it is, but the real thing is it's you against the course. Okay. But against yourself, you know, and um, this thing is clearly point, the major point, because when it's you against yourself, you have, you have to fight, you know, you have to fight each minute to say, okay, maybe I'm winning, but I have to say, okay, I'm winning, but this is because I'm doing the good action because I'm doing um, my routine or because I'm doing this and because I'm doing that. But it's kind of complicated. You know, when you're 13, you're like, no, uh, I just have to be the best. Or you're just, you're, you're just seeing the results. You know, when you're young, it's all about the result and it's tough when you don't have the framework to understand that, no, the result, it's about the performance and after you get the results. And from a technical standpoint of golf, how did you manage? Because again, I want to link in the esports in a second, but or the gaming experience, I should say. But the one beautiful thing about golf is you have two sort of games, the long game when you're on the tee box where it's all about power or getting in the right position. But then when you're on the green, that's where the real pressure matters. Like, so I love your thoughts from your experience from a childhood. Cause I did a lot of tennis and I didn't play golf till later on. And I wish I played golf when I was younger because the mindset of golf, particularly on the putting of pressure um, or you said routine, which is a key word, like looking back with routine or pressure, like, and looking at two formats of the game, the long game and the short game, how has that supported you now? Like from a gaming perspective or even just like life experience? Because this golf is such a great sport off the golf course than actually playing a game of golf. That makes sense. I love your thoughts on that. The, the thing is, as you said, so you have the long range and the short range. I mean, the, the long range, I mean, you can, you can be uh, average. It's okay because you, you have your recovery. You know, you, you can still... You can still come back, you know, on your on your score. You can still come back. But the thing is, yes, as you said, the pressure is when you're putting. I mean, don't forget that uh, a 200 uh, meter shot is the same that a one meter shot. You know, it's the same. It's one at the end. So it's kind of complicated, you know. But the thing is, okay, now I know. And it's, I mean, unfortunately, uh, uh, it took time for me to understand it. But the thing is, all you're doing, like the long range, it's to make you on the better, um, uh, on the better uh, emotion, on the better uh, way, on the better uh, environment, to put that person in on the in the hole. You know, it's it's just this: put you on the good environment to play the best, to to play the, the better. You know, the thing is, uh, if you don't know how to do a 100 long shot. Just don't put you on this distance, you know, just put you at, yeah, maybe maybe put you at uh, 80 yards or maybe 120 because you're more comfortable, you know, to do this shot. So this is something you have to understand. But when you're young, you're like, no, I have to 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 make the best shot and maybe to be at uh, only 40 yards and it will be the best. No, because your strategy is not good. And after the shot will be will be difficult. So which means when you will be uh, on the uh, putting green, it will be difficult. And this is the moment when you need to be really comfortable because this is the pressure. This is the moment when, where, where you do the score, you know? Uh, and it's the same in gaming because, you know, when you're playing, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, FPS or when you're playing uh, a MOBA or anything, 
you have a lot of uh, action you're doing. You, it's mechanical action. You know, you, you're just doing it, but you know you have done it like one million times, and it's all the same. But at the end, when you're in front of your opponent, this is the key. You know, this is the moment where you have to be comfortable to beat him or to beat her. Mm-hmm. Or take it. Or take advantage of the opportunity. I think that's more clarity because now I want to tap into when did gaming have an influence to your upbringing to now work in esports? Like, could you just paint the picture to the listeners on this side? Because this is really interesting and really new. I think we're that generation really quick. We said this on WhatsApp, like we're sort of the first generation when we had like Nintendo 64, PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2. So I know what you sound like uh, dinosaurs in the way of gaming, but I think it's important because we're that first generation of how gaming was part of our behavior in, you know, being entertained. So I love your sort of gaming journey now. That's cool with you. So me, uh, so I was playing video games, of course, uh, as you say, uh, Nintendo 64 and uh, PlayStation 1 and, and those after. The thing is, uh, I was playing um, Pro Evolution Soccer. I was playing FIFA, uh, all those kind of games. But for me, like, it was impossible to be a pro, you know, to win money through game, through the gaming. It was like completely out of my mind. And um uh, so I was playing with my friends and, and uh, you know, Twitch. I mean, with Twitch, it's like completely new for us. I mean, it's the new, like a new TV. And uh, so I started going on Twitch. And now I see those guys that have been in the underground scene, you know, starting making money from esports, starting making money, uh, I mean, for, from their passion, from video game. And I was like, okay, now, now we can do this. I mean, now this is possible, you know. I mean, okay, we have League of Legends, but now you can win money on FIFA. Now you can win money. Uh, I mean, you have Dota. You, you can win money on, on Counter-Strike. I'm like, okay, now it's, it's growing. You know, now it's something you can say, okay, mom, dad, maybe I can do something, you know, in gaming. Or, or maybe if, I, if you're 14 or if you're 15 and you're good enough, may, maybe you can do competition on it and say, okay, it's professional. I can do something. No, it's not just a passion now. You, you can go on, on the professional side now. I think the key thing is not a hobby. You know, it's not a hobby anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not. No, no, no just to yeah. clarify, like, and I, and I get what you're saying. So yeah, yeah. can you remember with your career development when you went, right, this is the industry I'm going to work in. Even when it was being developed, this industry, like, can you remember that moment just to paint the picture for the listeners? Because I think this is key for people who want to work in this industry, like, the dedication of that decision could could you can you remember it out of interest yeah uh, so now i'm 27 because uh, it, i think it's important to say it so it was around like 21 22 uh when i started uh watching twitch you know and say okay so uh, we had the uh, the rise of fortnite you know the growing of fortnite maybe it was like maybe 22 23 and i was like okay uh we have this uh, french uh, uh, player which is uh, Gotaga and he's one of the best uh, streamer uh, and he was one of I mean I think he is considered as the, the best uh, um, Call of Duty player so he was really 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 good and I was like okay this guy but this is really a niche you know it's just one guy you know one guy from like one million but this guy started to to play on Fortnite and now you're saying okay more people are starting playing now you have a scene where you can win some money. And now I'm like, okay, let, let's get into video games. See, 
Oh, okay. League of Legends, is that high? Okay. Now I'm talking to my friend and he says say to me, yeah, yeah, I'm a huge uh, Counter-Strike fan, you know, and uh, I'm following the tournament. I'm like, you? Really? Why you don't say it? Uh, why you just say it now and not before? And now I'm starting, okay, there is something is developing. I want to be the part of it, you know. Uh, it's growing. I want to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, it's like, Starting watching, you know, it's like a story. When you like sports, it's because you go to the stadium and see a football player because you see, you're like, okay, you're in the stadium, you're like five, six, or maybe 10, don't understand the thing. And you're like, oh, this is Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, scoring, it's 19th minute, scoring the header. It's a win for the, the team. Amazing. And now you get the passion, you know, they get the passion and you're like, okay, so you can be pro on this. Okay, this is okay. Now you're starting to get the system, you know. So for me, it was like like getting from Twitch and, and after. Okay, this is really interesting. I hope the listeners going to enjoy this now because I want to dig deep in the esports industry. Like when you say you want to be part of it, I don't want the listeners to think. Well, the only way I'm part of it is to participate. I assume now from the last seven years, I mean, you dedicate your time in this industry. There are a lot more roles out there than people think there are so could you just share to listeners like particularly just hear me out here let's say sports scientists I know when we had a call on whatsapp again we said you know these teams or these I'm going to call them athletes these gamer athletes have got psychologists now physiotherapists they've got the real support system than just playing a game at home that it's a real you know like any professional sport they have the team behind them so could you just paint a picture of the different roles, how people could be part of it, because I think this is important from an education standpoint of pursuing a career in esports. So I know it's a long-winded question, but I'd love your your seven years experience in this then, you know, from a career sort of opportunity standpoint. So first I want to say, so now uh, I do some uh, mental preparation. I'm an analyst and coach for some Fortnite player. Okay, but at the beginning, when I started, uh, I've done a business school. So when I, I, I began, I was like, okay, what I'm going to do? What I'm going to do? Okay. Uh, I go on Twitter and I see that association structure. So all the volunteer parts of esports, um, the, you, this team is looking for a marketing uh, chief, I'm like, chief of marketing. I'm like, okay, why not? I mean, trying to work, trying to get some sponsorship, uh, some uh, yeah, some new players. I mean, okay, what do you want? What do you need? A new mouse, a new, a new computer, whatever you want. And okay, so me, my first opportunity, my first access was just marketing. But you also can come from the uh, video uh, editing. You know, uh, you can come uh, to be in part of the staff, more performance part. I mean, but don't forget that in uh, like in sports, in traditional sports, Okay, you have all the business part, all the strategical part, all the um, performance part. I mean, you have a lot of things to do. So, which means that being a part of it is just not being uh, an athlete. You know, yes, the athlete, as you said, you need a physiologist. Okay, you need the mental preparation. Okay, you need the strategical preparation. Okay, all of this. Maybe you need a, a person that knows how to manage performance as a whole. So it's someone who is uh, above them. Okay, now you, you want to be, you want to, to create your team. Okay, for an example. Okay, 
Once you create the team, okay, you need communication. You for the communication, you need someone who knows marketing. You want to knows merchandising. You need someone to uh, uh, edit some video. I mean, there are so much, but so much uh, jobs, and they are the same in in sports. But now they are coming in esports. Of course, you have some uh, adaptation. I mean, it's not the the same codes or the same culture, but this is something you need to to understand. Something you need to to know and to be teached. But at the end, it's it's the same. Okay, I'm going to dig even further. I want people to realize after this podcast that to work in esports is just more than just having the passion. You know, we all have passion. It's just an emotion, right? But of course, it's important because you get the fulfillment in the work you do. But in your opinion, what core skills have supported you in this esports industry to make this career a reality? Like, what core skills would you say they were? It's kind of a mix of hard skills and soft skills. Um, I, I said, I mean, hard skill is like um, today the industry is really young. We have to be honest; it's really young. I mean, uh, I have talked to um, to president of structure. They were they were twenty years old. Okay, no, you don't know a lot when you're twenty. So you need to have the hard skill, like okay. It can be uh, marketing, it can be uh, performance, whatever. But you need to have this knowledge because no one, no one has it, you know. Um, plus, you need to have the code. And now this is more about the soft skills. You need to have the code, the empathy to understand uh, what's going on. Because today, the real thing is you. You can watch a League of Legends uh, game. I'm pretty sure you don't understand a thing. Because the language is so particular to this game. Now you're going on Fortnite. The language is so particular to this game. So, which means that when you're 40 and you say, "Okay, you know, I know, I know everything about uh, uh, your psychology. I know everything about anything." Yes, but you don't know how to to do the transmission. You don't understand the person you have in front of you because they are clearly not the same code as us. So the thing is, you need to have the art skills because you cannot go uh, go forward if you don't have the knowledge. I mean, it's uh, simple. It's simple as that. But you need to have soft skills, soft skills. Sorry, to understand, to be, to have the empathy, to uh, to be a good listener to the other, to say, okay, now I get you. I know what you mean. I know. I mean, if it's in a business part or an or a performance part, but I know what you mean. And now I can help you. Now, now we can go forward. But if you don't have this soft, uh, you don't have these soft skills, the communication clearly, you don't have any communication because this is too different. I mean, this is my opinion, of course. But people, it's they are young, they don't have so much knowledge. So you need to be a good listener to to understand what clearly where you want to go. And just to dig deep, finally, with the language of the different games, I love that point you said. For people to get in, is it good to focus on one game and understand it inside and out? I don't mean playing wise. I mean how things are done. The people, the the top players, then do FIFA, do Call of Duty, do Fortnite. Like if you're into gaming, you're going to have an interest or a curiosity in all of them, but. For people who's, let's say, let's keep things simple, a top marketer going, I want to help the Call of Duty game or competitions of keeping this really simple. Like, is it better to focus on one game and see where you can add value than 
try and use the same philosophy in all of them and actually that may not work do you know what I'm trying to say because people who people want to pivot in this industry I don't think it's good just to have that sort of scatter approach of helping every game because each game is slightly different as you already mentioned so I love your thoughts on that of course this is different but I mean it's just about wording you know uh, it's just about language so at the end you're talking to a person if you know the language you can work with the person so for me, it's more about, uh, as you say, passion. I mean, FIFA, it's a, a football video game, soccer video game, sorry. Um, yeah, this is not the same kind of game than um, an FPS game like, as Call of Duty or maybe a Valorant or Fortnite game. Like, okay, but this is not the same than uh, a MOBA game like League of Legends. This is not clearly not the same thing. So first, you need to know if you like it. I mean, if you don't like it, just don't go on it. I mean, to be clearly and simple as that. I mean, if you don't like it, just don't go on it. And if you like it, of course you can go, but it's work. I know. I mean, it's just work. Uh, you have to work to understand, understand, understand. The, uh, I mean, of course, for, for the beginning, for the real beginning, if you want to be one of the best or, you know, to understand or to, to rise your skills, go on one. So we can say, okay, this guy is expert on one game, okay? And after, maybe you can go and go and go to do more, uh, more uh, uh, games. But first, yeah, maybe one, and after, try to be to, to go on more on more game. Uh, but the thing which is different is like it depends also about your position. When you're an analyst, I mean, it's all about the data. No, just stay on one game because I mean, the, all, all the games every like weeks two weeks there is a new meta so which means all the data are changing so you have to stay on one game but if you're doing like uh mental preparation or if you're doing uh physiology or even a business no it's okay i mean you can uh, i mean it's unspellable absolutely i couldn't agree more i think what i what i'm trying to say to listeners i don't want them to go i want to work in esports i'm going to get involved in every game where actually if you focus on one you know the people you know the similar people well, I mean, similar people, you're building that network in that one game. And I, I, I like to go back to the basics of like work in this industry is all about understanding the people. And if you understand the people, it can lead to opportunity. So but I want to talk about today's podcast because this was the real hit of our first WhatsApp call with regards to this podcast topic. Like we've talked about the competition of esports, we talk about the different roles, but this is probably the most important and not talked about because before we talk about that, before I say a question, investment in esports is huge. Like that's what grabs everybody's attention, right? But what I want to bring back to the reality is the importance of like safeguarding esports from an educational standpoint. So could you share why this is important? As much as we, I don't mind people making huge lot of money or big investments, but safeguarding, I think is crucial as well from an athlete perspective, who's that teenager bracket and the parent. So could you share why this is important? As you say, we are like the first generation to go, I mean, to the video gaming and esports. I mean, me, I'm like a dinosaur for esports and I'm 27. So it's like, uh, okay, but imagine you're a 40 year old guy and you have a child and he's like, okay, 14, 14 years old. Okay. And he's good at, a, he's playing good. I mean, on Fortnite, on whatever you want. So he can do some competition. I mean, now this person, I mean, the, the kid, 
is on a professional way, you know? But you, as an adult, you don't understand a thing of what's going on, but a thing, which means that the, the communication between the kid, the parents, is completely lost or, I mean, you don't have one. So, I mean, for me, for my, my, my vision, is like you have to, to understand, say, okay, you, uh, the kid, you are 14, but you're going to go on the professional side. It's not like in football. I mean, when you're in football, the... Uh, the educational process, you can go and center when you, have, when you are 10 and, and the years are, are going through and now you're professional, you're 20 and now you're going in Premier League and now you're in a team and blah, blah, blah. So you know what is professional since you're 10. But when you're playing video games, it's like this, you know, you just have the moment where you say, oh, I'm good enough to be a, a, a pro but you don't have the mindset of a pro because no one told you. And the parents, I mean, of course, may, maybe he's an athlete, but the parents, I mean, maybe he, he doesn't care about uh, uh, sports or esports. And now you're like, okay, my kid, he wants to be a pro, but he doesn't, the awareness of this world is completely uh, uh, none, you know? So yes, we have to safeguard them because it's, uh, I mean, the competition world is like, okay, I'm going to eat you. So I'm going to beat you. I'm going to be stronger than you. So the thing is when you have a 48 years old, 14 years old guy being eaten by someone else, it's really, really complicated in the mental points. So we have to be, uh, we have to create a framework for the kids to understand what's going on as a pro, what's going on for them, what will be the journey. And we have to safeguard the parents to say, okay, 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 it's good. I mean, we are, we are there for the for the kid. It's okay. They can be pro if they are not pro. It's okay because if they play, if they play the game, if uh, they are uh, smart enough, if they are doing content, they can be influencer. They can uh, be a video editor. They can be ambassador for uh, a team. They can do something. But you have to explain this because for a 40, 40 years old person, it's kind of complicated to say, okay, my child is going to do this and to win money of this with no degree. Uh, okay, uh, it's kind of complicated for me to understand this. So that's why we need to be there. And you know that the, the kids, they are so mean uh, to each other. If you're not, uh, if you're not there, the, uh, the cruelty, the the arm that can be done is really high. Like, you know, it's uh, the social media, Twitter. I mean, when you're 14 years old, I, I have 14 years old uh, players. They have like 100,000 uh, uh, people that are following him on Twitter. I mean, it's huge, which means it's massive, which means that, okay, for example, I, the, the player is beating another player for a tournament. Okay, like it's bought, okay. Now you have all the community that is going to go to the other player and say, "Hi, oh, you suck, blah, 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 blah. It's, I mean, you have to handle this, you know? It's, uh, it, and it can be complicated when you're 14 or 15 or even 18 or 20. Yeah, I think this is such an important point. I'm going to relate it to another sport, but it's like poker. Let's say you're doing really well and you're gathering your chips, you know? So let's say you got 100,000 chips and then somebody beats you and it was a luck or, a, you know, you just had a bad day and then you end up just betting and then you end up going that depressive mindset. But if they had the support system going, you've just lost one hand or you've just lost one game, um, 
they can go, don't worry, I've still got 99,000 chips left. Do you know what I'm sort of saying? Like, I get your point with like 14 years old to have 100,000 followers. It only takes one horrible comment to get that self-doubt or that negative mindset that, as you say, can lead to a really dark path. And this is what I really admire for our first WhatsApp call because it was, as I said, we see the positives of the sports being an industry. And of course, it's very young, but I'm always a bit like old school going, where's the education here where there's a support system? So could you share to the listeners like your vision in regards to e-sports tips? Like what's the vision with this? Like, could you explain what it is to the listeners, but also what is the real purpose of this platform that you're involved in? So eSports Tips now is like, uh, so it's an application still in the beta test. Um, but the, the vision of it, it's to create awareness for eSports, not just video game, but eSports, which means that you have, uh, as I said, you have a lot of, uh, um, of views on eSports. You have a lot of parts on eSports. Today, what we are doing, I mean, today, it's about a prediction on the application because you know all the betting parts you have on sports you're going to have it on esports is i mean it's just a matter of time so what we are doing is like okay esports it's uh, is youth you have a lot of young players you you have a lot of young person that are going to it okay now just put a safe place where you can do some prediction to uh, i mean to uh, at the end you have uh, a ranking where you have uh, um, uh, prize like a mouth or something like this of course to, to reward people to be there but it's a safe place where you can do some prediction also it's a social network when you can talk about esports so the vision is to say we have this first part which is about uh, betting but about, but us is about prediction so people can do some prediction safely this is the first part now the second part is to create some uh, little retro gaming retro games, sorry. So they can start to to uh, to play and say, okay, now I can do some competition on retro gaming. Cool. So now I know what is esports. Um, uh, I mean, uh, go to a clash to, with someone. You can play. You don't need a lot of skills to do retro gaming, uh, uh, retro games, sorry. I mean, it's really no skill for. So which, which cool, which means that everyone can go to it. And so with the, with the time, our... Uh, goals is to add some functionalities about esports, about awareness in esports, so everyone can have access to it, to understand it in a safe world, you know, in a safe application where uh, it, it won't be just about competition, but more about awareness about uh, esports. And also, what I like about it is the networking aspect within it. So, if somebody needs help, you're there as a, as a mentor and your other guides who are involved because I think that's just as important because like, as you said, we're dinosaurs at 28 and 27. You can sort of give guidance to those 14 to, I don't know, 14 to 20 year olds or however old, but the point is it's safe. And just, could you share a little bit in more detail from a parent standpoint? Cause this is just as important, like predictions, I get it. And just to clear everybody, it's just like, if, if Raphael and I played a game, you can predict who wins. That's what I love about it. But from a parent standpoint, could you just share the benefits from their point of view of how you support them? Yeah, so, so for me, there is two. The first one, I mean, we are going to talk about the prediction part. It's, uh, I mean, we have to be honest today, the kids that didn't, as I don't have the, 
the legal age to bet dog betting. I mean, this is, I mean, we are not blind. To be honest, we are not blind. They are doing dog betting. So first on this part, it's like, okay, now they can do some prediction, still have a reward, more like, as I say, a mouse or, or anything, a monitor or anything to, to win. It's not, it's not about just money, winning money. So first it's like, okay, I'm a parent and my kid is not going to be addict. They're not going to lose some money for, I mean, just for betting, you know? So first, this is the, the first part. Second part is they don't know anything about esports. So which means the awareness, the networking, they are going to, I mean, to be more aware, they, are, they will have this sensibility to understand, okay, so they're talking like this, they're talking like that. This is the, the vision, the, the kid's vision. Okay, I can be on, on the platform too. Uh, okay, now it's all about the retro gaming. Because it's not skillful, which means that if you're 40, you can play against a person that is 14. So now you can go to esports, you know, you can be a part of it. So now it's not the same. At the beginning, you're just a parent that don't know anything about esports and don't know, I mean, you don't know any codes or any language. And now you're a part of it. So now, as I said at the beginning, the communication, which was uh, none with the kid, now you have one with the kid. You know, now you can talk about any, about the thing. And now you have this communication, you have this link, parents, kid, that is new, that is growing. And this is something we, we want to build. This is something we want to build. Oh, and also building a community as well, which I think is important. Yeah, from a you know, educational standpoint. You know, I'm a big fan of that word, Raphael, like with the education and and support aspect. Out of interest, looking back, what have you enjoyed the most from your esports journey looking back right now? Mm, So me, like more about the the Fortnite scene and uh, the mental preparation and coaching, it's uh, it's the competition. You know, I mean, uh, the best memory for me is uh, when it was in 2020, or 19, I don't really remember, but we had this uh, three days in a row competition. And uh, the competition was in Europe, but also in North America, which means that the competition was well, was starting at like 7 p.m. and was ending at 4 a.m. Yes. And the thing was like, okay, the, the first three, four hours were, were was for the Europe and the last one, was for the uh, the uh, North America, and now you're with the guy. It's been eight hours competition. I mean, you're saying to him, "Okay, you have to do this, to do that. Be careful. Uh, eat. Uh, I mean, eat, drink. Okay, uh, get your strategy uh, ahead. Know what you have to do. Okay, and at the end, at the end of it, you're like, "Okay, it's been eight hours, and for and you now you're seeing the ranking. The guy is like tenth." Like, okay, now you're tens out of, I don't know, 40, um, 40,000 people. You're like tens on 40,000 people. You're like, okay, it's worth it. You know, you have done a pretty good. And when it's like three days in a row, and I remember it was during Christmas, you know, the 21, 22, 23 of December. And it was like kind of magical. I don't know how to say it, but it was kind of magical, you know? It was like, okay, I know like three days, before Christmas, for four or five days before Christmas, we were like just playing for uh, 4 a.m. Okay, just sleeping tomorrow. Okay, you have to uh, to warm up. Now it's the first competition. Now second competition. 
and you have good results and you're like, okay, it's worth it, you know? And you're with the guy, so they, they were four with me and two and two. I mean, it was two duos and you're just uh, coaching them um, together. I mean, to coaching them uh, uh, alternate and alternatively, sorry. And you're like, okay, we had so much good results for this, I, uh, it worth it, totally worth it. And yes, it was kind of magical because it was Christmas. I don't know how to say it. Look, I can see a big smile. And honestly, I love that story you just shared. It just shared a little insight of like your passion. I can see it through your face expression of like what esports is. And, and just on that note, what is your definition of esports to the listener? But for me, to, to be honest, is it's sports. I mean, I, I don't want people like say, oh no, esports is not sport, but no. Esports, it's like sports, but on video game. I mean, um, of course, physically, it's not the same because they don't have the same actions to do. And it's not the same. They don't have the same energy to, to put on it. But mentally, it's way, diffi- it's way difficult than uh, sports, uh, a traditional sport. So at the end, it's the same. I mean, at the end, you have to beat your opponent. At the end, you get, you get to uh, uh, improve your skills. At the end, you have to improve your mindset. I mean, it's the same. For me, it's kind of the same, but just it's on video games. That's all. Cool. I hope people are taking notes on that. And I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. Again, going back to the career element here, and you said some already, feel free to recap, but for the listeners who go, Ashley, I would like to pursue a career in the esports industry. What three qualities would you give them so they can put into action straight after this podcast? What would those three qualities be? Mm, resilience. First one, because it's tough. I mean, we are not in a mature industry, so which means uh, it will take time to, uh, I mean, to go through and to be a, a part of it. I mean, uh, you have to be aware that uh, you can do, I mean, if you're 15, you're going to be a volunteer for like three, four, four years, you know, and it's normal. You need to create content to, um, you need to create content to, uh, I mean, to go through to someone to recognize you and to be an expert of it. So yes, resilience, because it will take time. Empathy, because you need to understand what, is, what the other wants. I mean, empathy, I mean, is the same uh, advice for every uh, professional uh, side, you know, <laughs> the same. But uh, I think it's really, really important because it's young, it's immature, the, the industry is immature. So you need to understand what's your, uh, what your colleague or whatever, uh, what is feeling? I mean, it's really important. So uh, resilience, empathy, and creativity. I mean, it's a new industry, so it means that you are you have two sides. The the team that are really strong now, they have the money and they can do whatever they want. Okay, and the other one is like the I mean the not the bad team, but the poor team. I don't want to to say it uh, negatively, but it's like the poor team because it's not stable. I mean, you don't have the average. I mean, when you say sports uh, today, okay, you get the Premier League. Okay, you take uh, uh, Fulham, you know, the team of Fulham. Okay, it's an average team, but uh, the the players have really good uh, wages. I mean, it's okay because this is stable, but it's sports, it's not the case. So if you're one of the, the poor team, again, um, you need to you need to have some creativity to have a good strategy to make really good content. So everyone say, okay, this guy, you know, we can follow him. So I think resilience, empathy, and creativity are the three best uh, skills and advice 
to, to have. That is great. And by the way, those three qualities are applicable in all aspects of the sports industry, by the way. And you're spot on. And I love your third one with creativity because that's how we stand out. Out of interest, Raphael, how can people interact with you online? Where's the best place to go? Uh, you can go on Twitter. So I have my Twitter and you can go, you can go on it and just uh, uh, send me a private message. The same for LinkedIn. I mean, uh, I try to, to make some posts uh, once per, uh, per week on mental preparation. And I have my, uh, my own website. So I have done some articles like more uh, developed on mental preparation. And it's in French and in English. That's amazing to all the listeners listening in. All those links will be on my website with regards to this podcast chat. Raphael, it's been a joy chatting with you today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was fun too. What a brilliant podcast chat with Raphael. And I really enjoy the diversity I try and bring to this show. Like, without a doubt, the first thing I said to Raphael was, you got me out of my comfort zone because the esports industry is getting bigger and bigger. And there are other awesome esports podcasts out there, but I always like to try and find a different angle where we can discuss from a career development standpoint. And I really do hope that you've got a better understanding of the different opportunities from an employment standpoint of what's out there in the esports sector and how you can get involved and transfer your skills into that sector with your interest of gaming, of course, and what expertise you can bring to the day- table to elevate a team, to elevate a player in that industry. So I hope you've got a better understanding from Raphael with regards to what the sports industry is about, the different roles. But with regards to this podcast topic as well, I hope you've got a better understanding the importance of safeguarding. Like I couldn't emphasize it enough with regards to what I really enjoy. What he's doing is providing a platform where the athlete, which in that brand of a young athlete of like a 13 to 20 year old, has that right support system and also a parent to have better knowledge about this industry. Because Raphael is spot on on one thing. It's a very young industry. Like the sports industry is extremely young in a lot of sports, um, but the esport is extremely young. I'd say under 10 years old uh, with regards to the growth it is now and building those tournaments. And like he said, it's only a matter of time where it will be like any mainstream sport where you've got the sport on what's the, what the games are doing and then you've got that fan engagement side which then leads to the, the betting side, the entertainment side of the sport and you know this is where you get that domino effect of any professional sport rising up with regards to an industry standpoint. So look, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you've also taken notes right at the end. With regards to the qualities you need to work in the esports industry, in particular of being creative, it's amazing how being creative can really attract attention in what you do, how you get noticed, and most importantly, making your sports career a reality. So on that note, put that one into practice now and make it happen. Now, as always, at the end of each podcast episode, I'd like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Raphael said, the three qualities you need to work in the esports industry is be resilient, show empathy, and be creative in what you do. 